Nothing quite conveys America's need for quick culinary convenience like a TV dinner. Turkey and gravy with mashed potatoes and peas, all neatly portioned in an easy oven-ready tray. The TV dinner of the 1950s and 60s has changed a lot in the decades since. Today, frozen foods are a booming category in supermarkets. In 2023, modern home appliances and direct-to-consumer business models are picking up where those TV dinners left off. Technology is always going to be at the forefront of what drives, I think, a lot of consumer innovation. And balancing that against the very traditional and very recognizable experience of sharing a kitchen to both prepare and enjoy a meal is incredibly important to us. And I don't think that that is ever going to go away. Here's how TV dinners became a thing to begin with and how they changed American cooking forever. As men were drafted to the front lines of World War II, new opportunities opened up for women in the workforce. More people working meant less time to cook. Add in the rise of the television and you get the TV dinner. However, the technology that allowed TV dinners to exist in the first place wasn't the television. It was the freezer, specifically the flash freezer. For much of the 20th century, keeping foods fresh relied on slow freezing technology, which sacrificed taste and texture for preservation. Before flash freezing, foods were frozen very slowly. During this slow freezing, large ice crystals form, which disrupts the cellular structure of the foods. What this means is that once we thaw the foods, we have lost a lot of the texture and the high quality through that process. This changed when American inventor Clarence Birdseye traveled to Canada, where he became intrigued with the preservation techniques of Inuit fishermen. As fish were reeled out of the water, they began to freeze instantly, maintaining the cellular structure within. Upon his return to the States, Birdseye set out to replicate the flash-free strategy of the Inuit at a commercial scale. By 1925, Birdseye's double-belt freezer reduced freeze times from days to minutes, enabling the mass production of flash-frozen meats, fruits, and vegetables. Maxim Food Systems adopted Birdseye's technology methods in 1945 for their Stratoplates, ready-made frozen meals designed to be sold on airlines. In 1953, a grave miscalculation over Thanksgiving turkey quantities left the Swanson Company with 260 tons of turkey sitting in 10 train cars. While Swanson kept the meat refrigerated by running the train back and forth between the East Coast and the Midwest, they searched desperately for a better solution. Appetizing meals are served to all on board. Borrowing from the concept of the Stratoplate, Swanson salesman Gary Thomas pitched an idea. Preserve the turkey through flash freezing and sell it to consumers as a meal in a box. Voila, the TV dinner was born. However, turkey alone wasn't much of a meal. For Swanson to include sides with their dinner entree, they needed to solve the problem of cook times. Synchronization is a concept in cooking of these multi-component meals that lets us have all of the food cooked to the proper temperature within the same time period. A lot of this work was done back in the 1950s by Betty Cronin, who was a bacteriologist at Swanson. So what she did was experimentation with different types of foods and seeing how you can cook them before adding them to the package so that once you put them in the oven and have them cooked for the same time, they would all come out at the right temperature. 
Swanson's TV dinner became an immediate success, selling over 10 million TV dinner trays in the first year of production. As its name indicates, the success of TV dinners ran parallel with the rise in household televisions. In 1950, only 9% of U.S. households owned television sets. But by 1955, the number rose to 64% and again to 87% by 1960. TV dinners were lauded for their speedy cook times of 25 minutes, a time that shrunk drastically with the advent of the microwave oven, introducing a new era in convenient cooking. Campbell bought the Swanson TV dinner business. There were other competitors, but Swanson was the biggest. So we had the sales infrastructure, we had the operational infrastructure. What we had was a product that was starting to become a bit out of date because people were wanting even more convenience, higher quality, you know, microwavable. So we just needed to be creative about how we did it. They had had an idea to do a more upscale frozen dinner, and we came up with Le Menu Frozen Dinners. Le candlelight, le music, le flowers, le menu. The trick to the business at the time that we had to address was to make the product dual ovenable, because at the time household penetration was of microwaves was maybe 20%, but we knew it was coming. So we wanted to make the product microwavable, but we had to address the immediate issue that most households didn't have a microwave yet. At a height of five feet, a weight of 750 pounds, and a cost of about $5,000, the first microwave didn't resemble what we know today. It would take decades before the technology became a kitchen staple. The first domestic microwave oven came about in 1967 at a price point of $495. By 1970, nearly 40,000 units were sold in the US. Five years later, annual sales reached 1 million. As brands like Campbell's, Pillsbury, and Nestle geared more products towards microwave cooking, the device's popularity flourished. By 1986, products designed for the microwave had grown to be a $269 million a year business, with the microwave becoming a fixture in over 80% of American households by 1993. Convenience foods are always going to be uh, important for the consumer. Um, people are busier than ever. In the days when we launched these products, particularly when it became microwavable, five minutes instead of a half an hour's and better quality food was amazingly an opportunity for people to enjoy this product. Convenience is still a huge opportunity, huge need, just different ways of addressing it. Since the turn of the century, microwave sales have staggered while frozen food sales have exploded. Frozen foods were among the fastest growing grocery category during the COVID-19 pandemic bringing in $72.2 billion in retail sales in 2022, nearly a 34% increase compared to 2019. Along with growing demand for frozen foods, the emergence and uptake of new products like meal kits highlight a shifting appetite in America towards other forms of convenient cooking. Blue Apron is one of the original meal kit companies in the United States. Uh, we've been around since 2012, and we ship boxes of delicious fresh food people's homes to prepare for them and their families. As with the television and the microwave, technology has a hand in shaping consumer interests. If you look at all of the technological innovation, again, going back to Swanson turkey dinners, um, up to the creation of meal kits, there's been a move towards faster cooking and easier cooking. What had not yet been solved was 
an opportunity to have all of those experiences exist, but still have culinary discovery as a part of it and still have ingredient quality and wellness and health at the forefront of those considerations. Home dining continues to be an evolving picture. While meal kits cut down on time at the store, new pathways to convenience are being forged with technology like smart kitchens and air fryers. One of the biggest things for us has been making sure that we have a supply chain that can actually meet where our customers' interests are. And really their interests have coalesced around three things, quality, convenience, and variety. Demand for variety has only increased as the media landscape around food has continued to broaden. That doesn't mean that every TikTok trend turns itself into a Blue Apron recipe, but it does mean that if we see techniques that people are responding to on TikTok, we might find a way to incorporate them into our recipes, still putting all of our Blue Apron signatures and approaches to the recipe, but understanding that there are now different authorities that people are turning to for food content and really for inspiration that we want to be able to engage with and stay relevant in that conversation.